Welcome to the Bad Boss Journal, the dope podcast where you can anonymously say exactly what you think about your bad boss, toxic work environment, and find out how to handle it. Welcome to Bad Boss Podcast. I'm Ava. And I'm Michelle. And uh, for our first guest, we have Tom. Hi, everybody. Welcome to our show. Uh, Why don't you tell everybody what you do for a living? I am in construction, an electrician to be specific, I guess. Fun, fun. (laughs) Sure, yeah. (laughs) Um, I'm sure people find that useful when you talk to them. (laughs) Job security. (laughs) Right? Yeah, everybody likes to have lights, I guess. Yeah. Uh, So do you have a story to share about a bad boss that you've had? Um, I've had plenty of bad bosses. The cream of the crop one, I guess, would be one time I had a boss that a lot of uh, a lot of foremen in construction and stuff can be uh, quite overbearing and uh, a bit harsh, I guess you can say. But uh, the one that really stands out, he uh, just to start things off, I guess we used to have to have a safety meeting every morning that we would all gather around and the. Uh, safety person would Mm. read a whole script and all that every morning. Then he would turn it over to the foreman who would then berate us for about 15 minutes about how much we sucked (laughs) and how we weren't doing our job well enough. He also once screamed at us that people were taking too much time off and forbid us to take any more time off until the job was over. Um, I'm a union electrician, so I immediately went in and put my name on the calendar for a random day next week, Um, because I don't put up with that. I just said, yeah, by the way, next Wednesday, I'm off. That's kind of like the way it went, but it was extra obnoxious because he also had a lot of, he surrounded himself with uh, people who just kissed up to him and were afraid of him, like all of his sub foremen Mm. and stuff like that. He used to um, have, like, a meeting every, like, you know, whatever, once a week. They would have a foreman's meeting, and all of the foremen would come out of the meeting and just look like they had seen a ghost, and they would start running around screaming at everybody. Uh, At one point, one of the foremen who, again, was one of the sub-foremen who was, again, scared of his job and all this other stuff, decided to look at me as a threat because I was helpful, I guess. He then started trying to kind of set me up for failure and eventually like started getting in the ear of the sub foreman who wrote me up for uh, missing time is what he wrote me up for when I had scheduled one day off and then the next week I had my car broke down and I missed a day and they wrote me up as absentee. So basically... It was it was just a, a terrible environment. It ended up that I think five people in six months that I was there, five people quit. Luckily, I got transferred to another job because I, you know, made some phone calls and stuff like that and got out of there. But yeah, it was uh, it was probably the worst environment. It there was no support for the for the actual crew members or anything like that. Didn't give us. Anything that we required to actually do our job, such as material and tools and information. Yikes. And yet they expected us to get it done faster and faster and faster. And it just never worked out for them some for some reason. When stuff like that happens, though, like, do you ever have, like, like, are you allowed to call somebody else? Like, if something, like, so if you have, like, materials missing and you can't do your work, 
who do you go to? Like, are you able to bypass all those people and like call the job, like the company, I guess, itself or the HQ or whatever? Right. Um, so very technically, there is an HR department. But it is not like a corporate environment where you can just go there. And mm. I've never once even really heard of anybody going to HR in our, in our uh, field. So it's not really, it's like it's there just to check a box. It's not really, it's like the HR person is also payroll and several other oh, things. Like yeah. they just kind of got labeled HR as like a, an extra thing. Additional so, duty or something. Yeah, yeah. Because they do technically have to have one, I guess. <laughs> yeah, that's it's literally to check a box. It's, uh, you know, the same idea as like most of the safety guys that are on site. They're not really there to keep you safe. It's just for insurance reasons mm. kind of a thing. Yeah. Right, right. That's so interesting. Man. Yeah. Five yeah. people. Yeah. It sounds like somebody had like some very old school authoritarian like idea of what leadership is and like. You know, I just think of like a work environment in the 1950s or something where like, you know, mm. fear is the only thing that they know that's going to make what they think is going to motivate people to work. And we are long past those days. 100%. It's, um, it is, uh, there's some old school kind of mentalities, especially in this industry. So I think the longer, you know, the more the newer, you know, younger foremen come through and stuff like that, the less you have it as much. But there's definitely some people that just love to scream at people and, and you know, think that, you know, the way to lead is to make everybody afraid of you, which I've just never really understood because, again, I I don't respond to that at all. Like I said, I went and put my name on the calendar the moment he was done speaking. Uh, just to kind of yeah. prove a point. I had no reason to take that day off, <laughs> but I was gonna. Yeah, get on you. Man, it's almost like, it, it almost, I don't know, is all construction like that? I think you get some jobs that are good and some jobs that are bad, and, you know, it's a mixture. You're only there for a short period of time, so a lot of people put up with it. Mm. You know, they just kind of deal with it, and also there's like, you know, obviously there's some... uh kind of toxic masculinity kind of aspects mm. to it. And there's some other stuff that, you know, you're dealing with and yeah, everybody, a lot of the old school guys are stuck thinking that it's still the 1950s or something like that. And they can get away with this thing. Oh. I can't imagine going to work and getting screamed at. Like, yes, I have been yelled at like just two years ago. <laughs> <laughs> and that can be another that's another story for another time but like uh that's so interesting it's almost like they're kind of like behind the times oh 100 yeah. <laughs> percent. well question tom like do you guys then get in trouble like if you like because it sounds like they weren't giving you the materials to do your job but doesn't the job get inspected so do they does when it when it fails inspection, does that fall on you or does it fall on the... Oh, no, it doesn't fall on me at all. Like, that's uh, that's definitely, like, whoever's name is on the job, the foreman who is in gotcha. charge, that's who it's ultimately going to come down on as far as that's concerned. That's probably why a lot of people, when they get into a foreman, you know, I think it's just fear-based and stuff like that. They don't want to be the guy holding the, you know, the bag at the end of the day, being blamed for a job coming up in the red. 
So they wander around and yell at people and try and make them go faster and stuff like that. When honestly, most people that are there, you know, yeah, there's some people that are going to, you know, try and slack off and whatever, but most people are there to do a job. And I think, you know, as long as you provide tools, information and material to people, uh, it'll get done. But, but a how lot do of you, people. but okay, so who's in charge of the materials? Like, like, I feel like the other part you're talking about, like that one part, the, cause I feel like this is like almost like a two part issue, right? Yeah. Like it's one thing just having a crappy boss who's just mean and screaming and just volatile all the time. But like, where does, like, who's in charge of the missing material? Like, you know? Uh, well, the foreman's in charge of ordering material for the job. Oh, so not um, so, only yeah. are they angry, is this like, person angry and mean and just horrible to people under him, but he also forgets to order material? Yeah, because they all, a lot of times what happens is that a foreman will order stuff, think they've ordered enough, and then when somebody comes to him two days later and says, hey, we're out of these things, they'll get all mad and bent out of shape because, oh, I just ordered that thing. Yeah, so they focus a lot on the cost of material. When they're doing their job, because again, right. the whole idea is that if you make the company money, you've got job security and all that. So they're trying to make sure that their job is, you know, cutting cost anywhere they can. Uh, so ordering material on a day to day basis, it looks like expensive, like electrical material is very expensive, mm, wire and right. hardware and stuff like that can be very expensive. But they're not factoring in the cost of, three to 10 people wandering around looking for material at a, you know, a pretty substantial rate of pay for hours out of the day. Like if you waste eight hours out of the day between 10 people or something mm. like that, you've paid for the material three times over. Right. right. And so it's just a priority thing that I think gets screwed up there. Wow. I've always I'm glad been, you transferred. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I've always been the, um, and I don't know, like my younger days or the good bosses that I had was, you know, taking care of your, like mission's important, but you got to take care of your people. Um, mm -hmm. And even when, you know, you don't have a lot of say materials, if your people are well taken care of, they're going to extend themselves and go above and beyond and become creative to make the mission happen. 100 percent right, right um i've always kind of pointed that out to any foreman that would be willing to listen like hey it doesn't take a lot like it's construction like we already know what we signed up for like the conditions are bad it's hot it's cold it's whatever it's dirty you know all these different things like it doesn't take much if you threw a pizza party once in a while and just said, hey, thanks for all your hard work or whatever, yeah. like, or brought in donuts on a Friday or something like that. Like, guys are going to, like, people are going to work for you way more than you walking out there every morning and screaming at everybody saying that they're taking too much time off and they're not working fast enough. And, uh, you know, threatening them with, uh, you know, loss of job or, or whatever it might be that you're, whatever small bit of power that you're holding over their head, you know? Yeah. A little, a little goes a long way. And I was just thinking too, that whole safety brief, like everybody's forgotten anything about safety after that form. And <laughs> oh, <started>. right. <laughs> yeah. It is interesting that, um, 
people who think like that, I wonder if they ever have to take any sort of extra training or continuing training because just neuroscience in general shows that when you are in a state of fear or panic, like you can't receive information because you're in like a fight or flight response, right? So it's so interesting that they think that way still, or the fact that it's almost like perspective too, right? For people who are in a work environment where they do give you food, but you're like, I don't want the stupid food. I want you to treat me better. But it's like when you are on like, when you're in like just rock bottom conditions, right? Where like, you're just like in places where there's like no air conditioning, when it's like 103 degrees outside or something like that, you're just like, man, just, I would love a free donut, you know? <laughs> like it's, yeah. man, the perspective is. Sp- speaking just of that, actually, that was the same job that um, they had an apprentice that, I don't know, he said something that made somebody angry or whatever. So they made him go prefab stuff in the sea can or the sea container like the big metal box basically okay and um it was Is it little, like a shipping container the shipping container oh, yes. okay and so he's in there prefabbing stuff and it's uh about 100 degrees out so it's about 130 in there what and uh yeah he ended up passing out and that was like you know they threw him in there as like you know punishment almost oh my god so yeah like, I think he did complain to somebody and got transferred, but nothing happened. Like, nothing ever happened with the, you know, nobody got reprimanded or anything. Isn't OSHA supposed to be a thing, though? Uh, sure. <laughs> really? Yeah, I was, thinking, what? I was thinking, like, like if he had to get any kind of, like, medical attention, like, that should be a repercussion that they have to report, yeah, we had a medical issue on the site. So what's... What's fun about being in construction is the first thing that they do when you have an incident, like a medical incident or whatever, is, yeah, you might get some first aid attention, but then you have to go take a drug test and stuff like that. Again, for insurance reasons, they're way more concerned with you going and taking a drug test than uh, actually providing you any sort of assistance. That's crazy. (laughs) Oh my gosh. I mean, what's... I feel like my mind is kind of blown right now because it's like, so I worked in a lot of different types of industry type stuff, right? So like in the restaurant business, they talk about OSHA constantly. Yeah. And, <laughs> and they make it sound like you're, it's a superhero. Like you can call them anytime. And you know what I mean? No, like I, I sit in a company in an office and like, oh, we can't have the microwave sit directly on the table because OSHA will come in here and like pop a violation because it's not mm. fire could start. So I've been all same same as right. me. Yeah. Taught that like OSHA um, was like this like, you know, you know, a superhero that you call. Right. <laughs> yeah, you're like dun da da dun. Hey, hey guys, they're being mean. Help me. And they're like, what? Yeah. I'm here with the hammer and blah blah blah. Like, yeah, like there's well, water on the um, floor, somebody could slip. <laughs> you should do something. <laughs> Right. Oh, that job had uh, about three inches standing water on almost all the floors. No uh, way. It would freeze over in the winter and several <gasps> people fell. Um, oh OSHA did get called to that job like <laughs> twice and they got fined, but nothing changed. That's oh the thing. Gosh. Like they got fined for a couple of things and, and nothing changed. I've been on several jobs where OSHA was called to uh, do a, a health check, walk through, whatever you want to call it. So they they came out, you know, threw out a bunch of fines. Usually the, the the 
general contractors and stuff know when OSHA's coming. Like, it almost always is that they know. So then, like, what? they send, like, a bunch of laborers around to run around and try and half-fix things up. Like, and they'll catch a couple of fines, and they'll probably try and pass it off to the subcontractors and stuff like that. But, yeah, it um it's a little bit of a different world. <laughs> Interesting. So if they get fined, does OSHA pocket the money? I don't know where that money goes or anything like that. I, have I you, think it's so just like getting a ticket curious. for so the what police. What would a foreman have to do to get in trouble? Like, have you ever seen lose money. money in trouble? <laughs> I think it's lose money. <laughs> I don't know. Um, now, because I am union, I have seen I have seen a couple of foremen brought down to the hall because somebody complained, and they were punished in some fashion or another, or told to cut it out or something but that's about as far as it goes a lot of times like uh nobody nobody tells you to put your gun and badge on the desk and walk out of there or anything so Ooh, i feel like with something like this where jobs constantly are moving around it's not just right. one building where everybody's sitting it's almost like they're passing them off every time there's an issue yeah mm-hmm. is that what happens that's really what it is. It's usually they just uh, move them to another job if people yeah. keep complaining. One hundred percent. Yeah. Ugh. So Half everybody's a yeah. Everybody's a le- like legitimately on you know as a union uh, employee, you're a temporary employee for mm. that company. So like by definition. So yeah, if if somebody complains, most likely they'll just get transferred somewhere else, and. A lot of times what happens is whoever complains gets transferred to probably somebody who loves to fire people. Like, that's how they, you know what I mean? Like, the employee that uh, complains. Or maybe once, maybe you get away with it, maybe they send you somewhere else and, you know, whatever. But a lot of times if you have multiple complaints from multiple different, about multiple different foremen, eventually you just get transferred somewhere where you're going to, you know catch a pink slip (laughs) you can you turn down assignments to work with certain foremen or very technically (laughs) um but again it's like one of those things where yes i could refuse but they might find a reason not to need me anymore gotcha so um and again temporary employees so they could just be like okay well he's refusing to do the work that we asked him to do. Mm. So send him back to the hall Mm. and which is, could be fine in good times. But if there's a lot of people on the bench waiting on a job, Mm. you might, you're going to the back of the line. So it's, uh, and it depends, uh, local to local, it's going to be different too. Um, the local that I'm in is, um, it's not as typical, as a lot of others, like most of the time, it's like you get a job number, you go to that job, you work for that company on that job, and then you go back to the hall when that job is over. This one, you get transferred to different jobs in, yeah. in our local. Okay. So, And you stay with the same company? Stay with the same okay, company and transfer okay. to different jobs within. So based on your experience, at least in this situation, if not more, what are some of the things that you would tell somebody to like cope with the situation since it doesn't seem like there's a really a way to get out of it um i would say that in this kind of more specific like union a union is good for like that sort of thing because you can actually go and and talk to your reps and you can say like hey you know 
I've got an issue. Most of the time that's going to help. Like they'll do walkthroughs and they will do that sort of a thing. Um, I'm not sure. I've never worked non-union, so I'm not 100% sure if there's, you know, outlets. Um, Maybe non-union has better HR because they actually have to have it kind of a thing because you don't have representation in, in the hall. But yeah, like you can, if there's, you know, technically there should be shop stewards you can talk to. There should be, you know, somebody, you know, even a superintendent or something like that, that you might be able to reach out to and and talk to. But yeah, it's, it is a, it's kind of an interesting situation. I know it's not like uh, most people's typical work scenario. Like uh, if you work in, in an office or a, you know, a place that's, kind of more stationary i suppose you could say like Mm. that's i feel like it's a little bit of a different environment um i think honestly talking to a superintendent and saying i would like to transfer like if you can make that happen you know i you know i would really appreciate it or something like that if if nothing happens from there then you know maybe you do have to just ask for a pink slip ask for a reduction in force or a riff and just um, go back to the hall wow. and and try and get a new new job assignment. Right. Wow. Well, thank you so much for sharing your story with us, Tom. Yeah, thank oh, you, Tom. Certainly. You've educated us a lot on, and I think blown our minds a little bit on uh, life in I know. construction. Yeah, like the <laughs> nitty gritty world of construction. Yeah. Uh, I will say that on good jobs, it's a lot of fun. <laughs> it's just, uh, you know, they're fewer and farther between. Mm. Yeah. Well, we we wish you no new bad boss experiences. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you. Thank you all so much for listening. Tune in next time for another bad boss story. See you then. Bye. Do you have a bad boss experience you'd like to share with us? Visit our website, thebadbossjournal.com to submit your story. You can also support our show by checking out our merch and more on our website. Thank you so much for listening to the Bad Boss Journal.